You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. Being in unfamiliar territory can really be a lonely place, um, not just because we're by ourselves. And again, a lot of those examples were when people found themselves in unfamiliar territory by themselves. But um, inside, I think it's a, a lonely place to be or can be. And overall, we really don't want to be lonely. I don't believe that that's the way that God created us. He said that it's not good for man to be alone. And as a church, we definitely have a responsibility to each other and to others in the community to reach out and check in. And as John said, Paul and I um, and him are going to meet tomorrow to have a chat about how we can continue to do that. And you will know that there'll be people in your circle of life that you can reach out to to make sure that they're not experiencing that loneliness. Um, But then I, I read a verse in... Luke chapter 5 verse 16 and it says Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed and in another version version it says as often as possible Jesus withdrew to out of the way places for prayer Um, and this came at a time when his ministry was um, being talked about and people were flocking to him and he didn't get a lot of time to be on his own so he sought out those lonely places to pray so I sort of thought well while we've while we're having this enforced on us or we're following wise advice and staying at home and being in this unfamiliar territory um, that perhaps this is a real opportunity um, for us to continue in the way that we have set forward this year already to pray more to be alone in God's word more to uh, shut the door as John has been um, sending us out verses each day. And that's not in and of itself a bad place to be, to be um, seeking out an out-of-the-way place for prayer and taking it as an opportunity for increased um, seeking of God. Because again, when I think of Joseph, when I think of Daniel, uh, Moses, Mary, Joseph and Jesus and the disciples, they weren't alone. And although it was a lonely place potentially for some of them to feel that actually they could use that opportunity to seek God um, more and more. And so um, I just wanted to bring that as an encouragement that even Jesus withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And it says in the Psalms, in Psalm 68, that God makes a home for the lonely. And it also says that he went out before his people. So I'm believing that he, he is going out before us in this situation. Uh, it's unfamiliar to us, but it's not unfamiliar to him. So I pray that you'll be encouraged by that. Well, thank you, Verity, for sharing. Um, and I think Paul, uh, independently of Verity, has decided also to say some things about prayer, which is, which is fantastic. Thanks, John. I wanted to ask as Christians, how do we respond to this virus? Verity said we're in new territory, and we are. But what's our response to it? And the first thing is, I think we need to be very sensible and do what we're being advised to do. That is number one. But I think there's another point, though. How do we respond to this prayerfully? What do we pray? How can we deal with it? And is it just passive prayers? A few days ago, or no, over a week ago, I was out praying one morning and, and suddenly I, I was really praying against the virus that God would stop it, it would nullify it, it would cancel it out. And I had an impression in my mind, it was, and I can explain it like this, 
it was almost like a flock of something just disappeared. A swarm or a flock disappeared. And I wasn't sure what it meant, but I had an immediate thought that when the children of Israel were in the desert, God fed them with quail. Masses of quail came over. And so that was my immediate thought. But a bit later, I saw a report in a newspaper that said one of the reporters was called, calling the coronavirus a plague, a biblical plague. And then it reminded me, of course, one of the plagues was a swarm of locusts that God brought against the Egyptians. A day or so later, I was getting Christian emails coming through about an awful swarm of locusts that are affecting most of East Africa and Pakistan. They've devastated thousands and thousands of acres of greenery, of, of, of their food, and they're in an awful situation. Pakistan is suffering now also because people are coming back to Pakistan from Iran and bringing the virus with them, and they're now beginning to see peaks in the number of infections. So, in East Africa, the, the eggs have been laid for a new swarm, and it's been perfect conditions. And they're afraid that within a month or two, they will have no food to eat at all. So if we think we're hard done by, these have virtually got no food whatsoever. And so it reminded me of the plague of the locusts in Egypt. And I think we do good just to see what happened and what God did. And I think this can help us how we can pray in the present situations we find ourselves. And I think we can rightly call them plagues, to be honest, locusts and the virus. And if you remember the story, Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. And one of the plagues that God brought upon them was the plague of locusts that just devastated the whole land. Pharaoh repented. He said he'd sinned. He called Moses back and he asked Moses to pray for him. So Moses goes outside to pray to God to ask him to remove the, the swarm of locusts. And it says that it's the wind direction to a westerly wind that picked up the locusts and took them right out into the Red Sea. And what struck me, God is able to change the prevailing conditions. And that should give us confidence. God can do these things. It's not impossible for him. I don't actually believe that God has sent these two things. I think he's using these for good. For those who love God. And I believe that this God can use for his glory to bring more people into his kingdom. But when I said when I'd had this picture of these things flying away, my initial thought was about the quail in the desert that God brought to the people of Israel. The people have been complaining. They've been grumbling and they've been moaning that all they had was manna from heaven and they wanted meat. And they started reminiscing about how good life was in Egypt. They forgot that it was slavery. They forgot it was bondage because they had nice food compared to what they were having in the desert. And so God said, I'm going to give you what you're asking for and you will eat this meat until you're sick. But when God said that to Moses, it was almost like Moses couldn't comprehend what was happening. Because he said, God, I'm here with all 600,000 men on foot and we know there was women and children as well. And you say, I will give them meat to eat for a whole month. 
and he says then he goes into the natural would there be enough if we fish the seas dry would there be enough if we killed all the flocks we have and he'd gone straight back into the natural he'd seen amazing miracles and yet in this moment he was totally overwhelmed by what he was seeing and what he was hearing from God and God said a simple thing to him is my arm too short that's all God said to him and what Moses had forgotten that actually God had asked him to do anything. All he needed to do was to tell the people and God was going to do everything else. And I'm just so aware that at this time, we need to know that God's arm is not too short, that he is able, and I believe willing to answer our prayers as we fervently come to him regarding the two situations that are really causing devastation. Both of these plagues are doing the same thing. They're causing fear, they're causing panic, they're causing death, they're causing financial ruin, and for many, bringing a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. And what I think we can do, we can actually pray continually and ask God to send a wind as he did in Egypt so many years ago. He can pick up these locust swarm and just take them right out into the Indian Ocean. And actually, I'm also praying that the wind of his Holy Spirit would touch millions of lives, maybe billions, as they see his glory and know that he is the only answer. And I'm also asking that as an individually, but in a corporate thing, we could pray that God was totally and utterly nullify this awful coronavirus. But may he do it in such a way that people would know that this is none other than the hand of God that's done it and that we were given the glory and the praise that is due to him. So I would encourage you to keep on praying, keep on seeking God, and don't give up, because truly, the Lord's arm is not too short, and he can change any prevailing condition. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit brixham.church.